Texas. That's awesome. Good to see you, Marva. I'm so happy that you came. Um, and I'm glad you got up early enough to come. <laughs> um, so after leaving New Jersey and moving to oh, Texas, yeah. how has God led you into the ministry you're currently doing? You know, it, it's a funny thing, but you would not know this, but people that I've done life with for uh, since the 80s, when I was in college, know that Texas was never on my plate to move to. And especially, it would be part of my cocktail conversation to have an aversion to never move to Texas, and especially not Dallas. So, um, you know, God knows where he wants us. So I felt like uh, Jonah, in the sense that I was moving to the place that I said I would never, ever, ever go. And since I've been here, uh, friends from, from Iowa that have heard me say it, friends when I lived in California have heard me say it, they've all visited. Friends from Michigan when I lived in Michigan know that. And so it's almost like, we can't believe you're there and you're thriving. Um, so when we got the news that when we were living in New Jersey and we got the news of an opportunity here, mm -hmm. I had an immediate download and I don't you, you said that that was one of the re, uh, memorable phrases that my favorite my favorite one <laughs> but I remember where I was as I had um gotten a prompt in my spirit because I do I am a Christ follower so I had gotten a prompt in my spirit um which you know connects us to God right mm -hmm. and uh that we needed to lighten our tents, so to speak. So I referred to my husband, Merton, as Abraham. So he was feeling stress in the workplace, and we knew that a shift was happening in the atmosphere. So we needed to unload a property in the Midwest, lighten that load so that if the Lord said move, we could do it. Never thinking that Dallas was, was gonna be one of those options, let alone Texas. We were considering Seattle, we were considering California again, and we would have been very content to stay in Jersey, New York. We just wanted to, you know, uh, live in a building, experience a way that we hadn't lived before it's because I had been raised on a farm and, you know, we were, had done the suburb life, we'd done the country club life. And we're like, let's do the, the city center kind of living. Mm -hmm. So lightening those 10 stakes, like I like to say, um, with the multiple properties, I remember where I was on Bloomfield Avenue on the border of uh, Bloomfield in Newark, New Jersey, had just let the day workers go from helping me get stuff situated in a storage unit. And my husband called me and said, babe, I think I'm gonna take the opportunity in Dallas. And I mean, instantaneous, it was a flip inside of me that had joy. And when wow. I say like a joy that like he has just come on, my husband has just come on to like catch up mm -hmm. because I had gone through enough in my life at that time, Nancy, to know that God loved me beyond a shadow of a doubt. So some circumstances had happened while we were in New Jersey during that season in our life of being in New Jersey mm -hmm. that he had dealt with me. And one of the things was that it had gotten affirmed within my spirit that God really loved me not as someone's wife, not as someone's mother, not as someone's daughter, not as any of the monikers or labels that I would have, but that I had really an assurance in my spirit that God loved me. And um, so standing there on the street, on the curb, I was um, 
telling the Lord, okay, Lord, I'm going to the place I said I would never, ever go to. Don't, do not remove your love from me. And he has not removed his love from me since we've gotten here. We came here in um, uh, officially 2016, August 2016. And when we had gotten the offer to move here, uh, we had found a place where we wanted to live and experience this very New York-ish, uh, East Coast-ish for the Dallas uh, area. And we enjoy it immensely. But July 2nd is when we signed the paperwork on our uh, loft here. Mm-hmm. And July 7th was when the shootings happened in downtown Dallas. Okay. When the gentleman was, had driven down from Minnesota and shot five police officers, July 7th that happened. Wow. So in between that move and us, me officially arriving, people are like, you're going to Dallas to shooting people. And I'm like, uh, we live new, new, near New Jersey in New York City. And I used to play basketball in Detroit. I'm not afraid to go. And actually what I would say is I bring the peace wherever mm-hmm. I go. I bring the peace. So we bring the peace here. Amen. God's not removed his love from us and we're thriving. So when you say I started a ministry here, it's actually kind of ironic because we, all I do is open my door for hospitality. It's just all I do. It's my gift. Um, I come from a background of Christ followers And it wasn't until 2017 when my mom was visiting here in Texas that I found out the really the origins of our family connection and our family legacy to Christ was through my great grandmother who um, at 20 years old in 1907, my grandmother was 20. My great grandmother was 20 years old, was married and couldn't conceive children. So back then she had been married for four years and was told by doctors she would never be able to have children for whatever the, the circumstances or the reasons were. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I, it just, the, the origins of the story just blew me away. So not only that, that she was told that she wouldn't have children, but then my mom gave me more clarity and color on our history because I had always assumed that we were Christ followers um just like you're born into it and that is not the way we know that we each have to accept the invitation for christ to come live within us and accept the sacrifice that was done on the cross Mm -hmm. so but in 1907 my great-grandmother who was this is the kicker for me was known as the town witch where she lived in kentucky not just her she was known as a witch and so people would come to her for brews or you know the reading of the palm clearly the opposite of a christ follower this is what she's telling me in 2017 and my great am i uh and her father so they were known to move in that realm and uh the reason i asked my mom about my great grandmother's origins is because i have in a shadow box her a baby's bonnet from my grandmother and all of us in the family at baby dedication time have worn this baby's bonnet as we're dedicated to to christ's very beautiful it is beautiful but the story behind it was that a woman approached and i just thank god for the nameless neighbor woman that approached my great grandmother knowing that she had been told that she would never have children and put this out there to her and she said to my great grandmother she said my god can heal your womb it was just a stranger 
And she said, by faith, I'm going to tat this baby's bonnet or crochet it. It's, it's tatting is the art form of the baby's bonnet. So she said, by faith, we're going to believe that God is going to heal your womb. And when you have that, that baby, you're going to dedicate that baby to the Lord. So in 1908, my grandmother is born and my great grandmother never looked back. And she accepted Jesus for that, for meeting a need in her life. But more importantly than getting her way, which was a child, right? Mm -hmm. God, we know God is the healer and yes. he's miraculous in all ways. There's nothing that happens without having first gone through his fingers. Um, is that I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful for the beginning of that legacy. Yes. Now the beginning of that legacy started in 1908. So I have been well nurtured in an environment that we um, love God first. We read his word. We make it a daily discipline. We um, practice with our finances, first fruit tithing. Mm -hmm. Of course, I just said we dedicate our children. So we're intentional about teaching our children God's word, right? Mm -hmm. We want to study to show ourselves approved as adults. Um, but we love the Lord. And so we, we, I say we, as a family, um, not just the Hanks family, but my legacy of, of uh, Moores and Davises and Fullers and all we try to impact where we live. And so impact looks like for us, mm -hmm. open door hospitality. That's where we start. I love to Beautiful. have yeah, that's over. Great. I love to have people over and um, share with them not only the goodness of what God is doing in my life, but exposing ignorance in all kinds of ways. So when he said that I started a ministry here, it was really doing life in my building, which is a loft situation here. Um, a hundred year old building that's been converted into lofts and studios and um, nonprofits and just a wonderful mix of all kinds of people from all around the world. Mm -hmm. But one of the places where I play is called Dallas Designing Dreams. And so in that studio, um, they cultivated in me uh, the, uh, a, you know, they, they further added to, I want to say they were a root stimulator. You know how if you add, it's a season for, for planting and growing things and you add stimulants to the soil so that blooms come, right? So yeah. root stimulator would be added to a rose bush or a lavender plant or whatever you're planting in your garden. And so for me, that's what they did. They stimulated in me, you know, the blooms that were already birthed within me um, that God wanted to use. And so I said, well, doing community and life in there, people had questions about entrepreneurship. They had questions about finances. They had questions about health. And I said, I have lived a lot of life and I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people from you know, my time playing basketball, my time um, supporting my husband while we were in uh, San Francisco when he played professional sports. And um, even my journey, you know, in New Jersey there, which I felt um, was just so, so important for the season of my life to grow roots yes. of intimacy deeper in the Lord and to hone my leadership skills, right, with Bible study fellowship hone my discipline of knowing um, God's word for myself and knowing how to apply that to my everyday situation and knowing how to apply that 
um, and encourage other people. Yes. So when you say that starting a ministry here, I just, I get tickled because the only people that say it's really a ministry because I want to impact all walks of life. Right. So we'll have from five-year-olds, 16-year-olds up to 17-year-olds, men, women, um, all faiths. Mm -hmm. They know that I'm a Christ follower because I'm very um, bold about that. Mm -hmm. And I make no apologies about that. I just, that's what I believe. And I know within my knower that, that he is real. And I know that he is real because I talk to him, right? I talk mm -hmm. to him through um, revelations that I get while I read his word. He speaks to me in dreams and he'll speak to me through other strangers just to give me confirmation of that I have a concern or a worry about something and a total stranger will approach and give me confirmation that I'm on the right path. Usually it's like I'm on the right track. So, um, yeah, Jesus when you call it living inactive, Jesus yeah. is living inactive in you for sure. That's, and that's sure. the Holy spirit. It is absolutely the Holy spirit. And when you recognize when the Holy spirit was released, that's a good parallel, right? For what we've studied in BSF this past year, just being the church, right? Yeah. So although I'm plugged into church, when we moved here, I started attending um, and got invited to a, hu uh, a huge ministry, a huge church here, got it plugged into community good. and um, a good covering, a good teaching pastor here. Mm -hmm. But I have already kind of um, gone on to a level of maturity and comfort in the in the body of Christ myself and kind of knowing what my purpose would be. So within the church body, I just saw a need to tap, to um, touch the community that I was concerned with and to touch the community that I was doing life with. And they weren't, they didn't have an outreach for the community that I was involved with and wanted to see um, be educated or be empowered more so than educated to be empowered and to remove hindrances for them fulfilling their dreams. Mm -hmm. So that that's where I, you would say ministry was birth. Only my accountant wants it to be an official like ministry 501c3. <laughs> 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 um, but making impact is just, I believe the call of every Christian and every believer to do life as Paul did, right? Yes. As we learned in Acts. Do life where you are. Do life, be a tent maker. And it's funny that we started Acts this year because when I walked into the studio of Dallas Designing Dreams, the two principal founders of that work in the studio of Dallas Designing Dreams, I would say, I would call them Priscilla and Aquila because like they were <laughs> tent makers. And the people that would come into that space from all walks of life, they were very encouraging. And so, although it wasn't an official ministry, I saw healing happening there just from them opening their doors. It could be, I would never want to elevate myself as a Paul, mm -hmm. but doing life with them and learning crafts or technological skills or designing skills in that space, mm -hmm. I saw how. Um, being a servant leader was so necessary and um, seeing God's love, seeing a person with God's lens and loving them right where they are with no judgments, with no preconceived notion, 
but really asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, how can I show them my love? Yes. And so with, with their encouragement, because I was seeing the population that was coming into their studio, I was always inviting visitors up to my space just for right. hospitality. Yeah. I'm from the Midwest, that's how we live in the Midwest. We have an open door policy, come in. If I have a can of peaches, let's just split it and divide it. And that's what we're going to, you know, partake together mm -hmm. and get to know each other. Mm -hmm. So that's what began in my space, love, uh, love, serve, impact. It was loving God, serving people, making impact mm -hmm. where I live. And that's what was birthed out of it. So it comes, the wonderful thing about technology is that I've seen populate on Facebook that we've been doing it over a year, officially over a year, when I started to tap into my circle of influence here. Founders <laughs> of Dallas, I, I, the Lord just gave me unusual favor when I got here to meet people um, that had unique qualities and expertise in fields that people were interested in. So, um, we met one of the family members of the founders of the city of Dallas that spoke to our group. Um, we've had a woman come and speak to our group on mental health. And all of the speakers that, um, have been vetted by me because um, I want to be very careful about who I would give an audience to people that I'm hosting. Right. And so knowing that they're um, Lovers of Christ is so important. Lovers of the Lord themselves. And then they apply their expertise to their field. And either usually it benefits them most and foremost spiritually. The conversation will always go. Um, we'll start on their, their expertise, but it will always go into what the Holy Spirit is doing in their life. Right? So everyone has some sort of comeback story where I thought I was going to do this. Mm -hmm. And they start their journey and the Lord kind of rips that up mm -hmm. and has his way. And then there's a rebuilding. There's a, another blossom or bloom that comes in that season of life. And we get to have access to those kind of real life stories because everyone in some form or fashion might think that I could never do what they're doing. All right if they're an, an entrepreneur, if they're an actor, I had a stunt man from Hollywood come speak. It was just a, a former play, teammate of ours from the University of Iowa speak to our group. Um, just wonderful, wonderful experiences mm -hmm. uh, that as I reflect on how the Lord has torn up what I thought were plans for how I wanted my life to go, but living a life fully surrendered is a wonderful opportunity to have an adventure with him first and foremost and open myself up to other um, personalities, other human beings that I would never have thought I would get to do life with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, it's an adventure every day. And so we're, I told you before we signed on, we're, we're surrendered to another adventure in our life. Yes. Um, with tearing up the plans, as I showed you, we always start with them a plan of wherever we're going to go, but we let God have full access and control to do what he wants to do. Yeah. I learned a long time ago that um, stuff and things are not important, mm -hmm. although we've acquired a lot um, and God has been very gracious, uh, undeserving of his goodness and his grace and his mercy. But I've learned a long time ago before my move to New Jersey, uh, 
I witnessed a family property explode, literally explode. So a property that was in our family from the 1950s um, experienced a propane gas leak fire. Wow. So we had shared our family shared about 20 acres and there were three homes on about this 20 acres, the original house um, blew. No life was lost, which was miraculous. Thank God. Um, they did rebuild. Um, but what I learned from that is that life can be taken just like that from a variety of different circumstances. So we, don't, we are not given to hanging on to stuff and things. We can let stuff go. Mm-hmm. So I live a life of palms just open, like, releasing something so that God can put something else, you know, in there and just to be a conduit, right. To, to get his love to people or get whatever to people. Can I be seen as trustworthy Mm -hmm. that God would utilize me to get his love out to other people? Mm -hmm. So that would be that love Mm -hmm. component of the love serve impact and always a low posture of servanthood. Yeah. I've learned I can see better when I'm on my knees. I mm-hmm. see better from a low posture, um, being humbled, mm-hmm. staying humble is the yes. thing, stay humble. And so learning that so that I can make everlasting impact mm-hmm. for his kingdom. And so what that would mean for me is that it is always a great privilege to be fully present with the soul that the father has allowed to come into my presence for the day, wherever that would be where we're now I'm getting a lot of practice at home with my beloved husband, but usually I love going out and fellowshipping out in the community at coffee shops or if I'm serving Mm -hmm. at um, a shelter or, you know, another nonprofit or, or church, if I'm serving, it is always my great privilege to be fully present with whomever I'm speaking to and hear the download that the Holy Spirit is trying to get to me to get love across to them, Mm -hmm. to that person right in front of me. So although I have played, I have played basketball in front of audiences of thousands and my husband has played in front of audiences of tens of thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions through the big screen because people love to watch sports, I am finding my greatest sense of accomplishment is to really fully get God's love across to the person right across from me. Mm-hmm. Which um, I'm, I'm always talking about in, uh, in group. You know, you, you, yeah. have this, you have this ability to, to be, you know, to talk to your neighbors, to influence somebody on a grocery line, to you know speak even if it's kind words you know sometimes sometimes people don't really understand a whole lot about jesus but if we're just maybe giving them a kind word and meeting them where they are that's um that's a great thing too which it seems like you're doing well well you know i'm trying to hone that skill Mm -hmm. i really am trying to be most proficient at that skill and um, be dutiful to my assignment every day. And since we've been sheltered in place, my assignment has been my husband. So I get to do that, hone that skill a little bit. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of us are doing that. <laughs> but, I, and I really am. It's funny because I'm like, Lord, help me, you know, on something. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the there ladies can appreciate it. <laughs> and ladies can too, but my husband says, to, when he says it back to me, so funny, he says, I'm saying the same thing. Lord, you see her. And I'm like, well, he, that's the right place to take that to. So he will. Mission accomplished, right? If we're both telling the Father on each other. Yeah, yeah, should, yeah. He's exactly. a good corrector. He's the only one I would want to correct me. But I, I know that, um, you know, your, uh, your main goal for having these conversations with the women that you've met in your life is to put a seed out or make an appetizer of a relationship with Christ. Yes. And I would say that as a Christ follower since the age of five, when I heard the message of um, hell and damnation, that was the message that I heard at the age of five in church. Which is scary um, for kids. <laughs> uh, on my dad's lap I just I knew then so to go from that point of age five I knew then I didn't want to go to hell and could incline my ear to how do I not do that oh I yeah. accept Jesus okay I'm gonna do that done deal <laughs> yeah. but then that journey from a five-year-old which is so important to always hear like I say I, I felt like I lived in a nice protected little bubble yes never never witnessing violence or um, betrayal or never witnessing lack. I mean, I think my parents did a great job of, of nurturing us, my parents and our tribe. I say my tribe, my, my family, my aunts, uncles, grandparents, always seeing loving, long-lasting relationships. Now, that's not without um, challenges, but as a child, I wasn't exposed to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm so grateful so that my love and my relationship and just the safety that I don't take in my home mm -hmm. um, that I guess I took for granted for so long that sometimes are not people's norm, that they don't live in a safe home environment because we're seeing now with COVID-19, domestic violence is on the rise mm -hmm. and um, abuse towards children, women and children is on the rise. And that was, mm -hmm. that's not my norm, but for some people that was their norm. So I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and then I, I tell people all the time, I felt like a spiritual trust fund baby, right? So I've mm -hmm. I had done nothing to contribute to the environment for which I was raised. That was all intentionality from my, my elders, from great grandparents, grandparents, mom and dad, to mm -hmm. cultivate this safe, God-fearing environment. And it wasn't really, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, Nancy, it wasn't until I like hit my 40s when I was in New Jersey and had a relationship crisis of my own where I felt so isolated. I had no family in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, but God, that's where I say God met me and just fully assured me that he loved me all by myself. If there were no one else on the planet, he would have died for me so that I would not have to experience hell. And so even in my relationships here, I've had someone um, private message me about the the question of hell. Now, this is from um, a person that does not proclaim to to follow Christ, but they might proclaim to be open to a number of different religions. And so that just being able to have those open conversations, mm -hmm. which you know what, I really am not a religious person, but I am a hundred percent in a relationship with God. Yeah. And so on that question, when they um, private messaged me about why would a loving God send anyone to hell? I just reflected on that for a couple of days. I could have looked up a Ravi Zacharias, you know, answer, but 
I really wanted the answer to come from my authentic voice. I have been doing life with this person. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to give them something that was rote. Um, but I said, you know what? With the Holy Spirit downloaded into me to give to this person, as I said, God doesn't want a person to experience hell on earth. Yes. Some people are experiencing hell on earth, and he came to free people from that too. Yes. Not just, yes, eternal life. He wants us to all live with him eternally, but that eternal life starts here on earth while we're taking breath. And so he desires to be in relationship with you and me yeah. right now before we get to the other side of the veil of heaven. Yeah. So he came to set us free from a sinful world and he is not unaware of the disparity, the injustices that happen, the lack that happens. He's not unaware of any of it and he loves us so much. Um, but I want to be intentional of looking for his love for me first and foremost, so that I can go out into the world and tell somebody else about his love and his goodness and his mercy. Mm -hmm. Well, where I, I, I'm, could it go on for another hour or two with you because you just you just you have a wealth of knowledge um i did go on i, I was on your zoom meeting uh with your group the other day and I, I i absolutely loved it i actually got off and i was in joy i i, I was in joy after i got off that and i've i haven't experienced that in a, in a quite a while so yeah. um i do well, come back we do it every third thursday and they can find me on uh marvahanks.com Okay. And I'm on Facebook and I have a wonderful team that makes me look efficient and they take the registration and they have people come on and, and we're actually going to have Dr. Davis back by due to popular demand. Wonderful. So yes, yes. we're going to follow up with him, but that's how they can follow me is at marvahanks.com. I'm on, I'm on all the social media. That's great. And you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll also put it cause this will be on YouTube as well. Um, I will put that in the notes that, to how to contact you. But I thank you for so much for coming. Oh, this was and, so uh, easy, Nancy. I loved it and really enjoyed it. It's such a privilege. It, you know, it, it's just beautiful having you. I miss seeing you because it's been a couple of years. Yeah. And um, But I do follow you on Facebook. So I kind of thought, well, this would be so nice because I remember um, how strong you were in the Lord when I was there. And, um, <laughs> and when, when I saw you again and then I saw you speaking at your group, it really brought back some, like I said, it gave me really a lot of joy. I was very in joy. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I hope that other people, you know, will join in on that Zoom call because that's where you're doing it now. Um, yeah. And um, that would be great if they did. And, and thank you so much, Marva. I appreciate you being here. Well, I'm proud of you for picking up a vision that you had. You felt like you had to lay down. And so, you know, nothing is wasted. So, you know, God bless and continue to encourage you and making your dreams come true on this side of the veil of heaven. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Well, well I just want to let everybody know next week, uh, we loved having Marva, but next week we're going to have Jan Lucas, and she's going to talk about marriages. So I'm hoping that you'll come back then, and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you. Bye.